As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hi, I'm Matt Lee. And I'm Vince Mancini. And this is Pod, Pod Yourself The Wire. Wire. A The Wire podcast where Vince Mancini and I go through every single episode of The Wire and, and talk, talk about, about it. it. Thank you once again for listening to the world's only The Wire podcast. Please make sure to give us five stars and a review on all of the podcast apps stores that you guys have like apple or the spotify or the other ones if can you give stars on stitcher i don't know but if you can do it um and also feel free this is a new thing i'm asking to do vince mm. um if you're someone who is still uh like subscribe to pod yourself the wire instead of the main feed pod yourself a gun um Go ahead and write a review on that, telling everyone on Pod Yourself the Wire to go subscribe to the other feed because we're putting it all in one feed now. Yeah, we're so, trying to cultivate like really tech savvy listeners by just fucking with you guys this whole time. I know, I know. I keep asking them to switch feeds, and I'm so sorry. But listen, you know, I'm learning. We're learning as we're going, and uh, the idea of making a new feed for every show uh, is killing me. So. Once again, please leave a review on Pod Yourself the Wire, telling people to subscribe to Pod Yourself again. Okay, today, Vince and I and a guest are going to be talking about, from season two of The Wire, episode five, Undertow. And our guest today uh, is Who's our guest, a, Matt? Oh, I'll tell you. He is an analyst, uh, NBA analyst at The Ringer. He is. He does podcasts. Uh, he does The Young Turks. He's uh, friends with my wife, Francesca. Ladies and gentlemen, everyone else, our guest today is Big Waz Lambre. What's up? What's up? What's up, fellas? Uh, very happy to be on with you brothers today. Super oh. excited to talk about the wire yeah. and bust some jokes. Tell a couple of dick jokes in between. That's, oh, there's be nothing nice. but dick jokes, especially this season. <laughs> yes. Yes. Coming. Let's see what I did there. Hey, that was good. That was sexual, Vince. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Good job. Um, so, uh, Big Waz, tell me, uh, are you a fan of the wire? Do you like it? Have you seen it? I mean, I don't know if you're familiar with um, 
the product that the company that I work for, The Ringer, puts out. But like it's almost like a prerequisite mm. for the job that you have to be um, into the wire. In fact, like one of my favorite things about Bill, mm-hmm. uh, Bill Simmons, who founded The Ringer back when he was at ESPN, was that he would weave in wire references to oh, his NBA column, which real? felt revolutionary <laughs> at the time. It, but the thing is, like, he sort of invented the form that way yeah. and that everybody weaves in pop culture or whatever into whatever medium they're using. But Bill, at the time, I just thought it was so cool. You know, like, he would, you know, re- c- c- compare guys, young mm-hmm. upshot players to Marlo <laughs> yeah. Stanfield. Yeah, this and, is the Avon you, Barksdale of yeah, the NFL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, 100%. And so, you know, like, my relationship with The Wire is from the very start, you know, um, from the first season. I was watching from the first season. Did did you you watch it when it was actually, when it came out? When it was actually airing, yeah. My older cousin um, put me on to the show. Shouts to Pat. Uh, But we were watching it just on some surface level drug dealers sure. cocaine guns yeah killing. all the good stuff the yeah, fun yeah, stuff yeah yeah the investigated by cops like we were watching it for the very surface level things mm-hmm. um that were being depicted obviously when you get older you sort of realize that there's a way bigger message being yeah. told here and the message is told quite expertly i yeah. must say like a really deft hand and so yeah that's basically my relationship with the wire and yeah, i've been pe- watching it intermittently ever since which yeah. nba player would you say is cheese <laughs> oh my god oh this is easy uh there is a player on the memphis grizzlies named dylan brooks mm-hmm. he's got a horrible haircut and he's constantly <laughs> picking fights with people he's constantly out of order his opinion of himself mm-hmm. And his abilities are way higher than mm. that of everybody else around him who has eyes. And so, yeah, uh, <laughs> Dylan Brooks is definitely the cheese yeah. of, in, in so bad. many ways, I'm of impressed. the NBA. You're high. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> I, I always, when I think of cheese, like, one of the things that sticks out to me is the fact that he ends up being um, uh, Prop Joe's nephew. Uh, and so I was thinking, like, all right, well... So which which nepo baby in the N- mm. NBA would he be? But you, the NBA there's a lot has, of nepo babies. There's a lot of nepo babies, mm-hmm. but the difference is, is like I have respect for them because yes. <laughs> you have to overcome the yeah. fact that your dad uh, was a great basketball player. So it's actually more respectable to be a nepo baby. Yeah, and it's and look, I think it helps to have resources um, oh, in, yeah. in sports, no oh, matter yeah. what, like access <laughs> yeah. to training and or yeah. even like putting yourself, your parents could be like, oh, we'll just move you to another school where you could play against better people right. all the time and shit like that. But Yeah, let's be real. Luke Walton probably would not have been in the NBA <laughs> had he not been a Walton, but he was a great passer. Oh, I mean, it, man. it does incredible feel, feel for the game. The yeah. same that it does in every industry. I mean, maybe less because you actually have to produce as a a basket as a sports star. But like, it'll get you a few extra swings because yeah. people are like they have it in their head. Like, 
Oh, like they they know you have the potential is like more assumed than I think it would be with some other person that think, no one knows. Like, like something that's, that's even more tangible than that is just access to training. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like your dad can pay for a dedicated coach, like a coach yeah. who just works with you on ball handling, a coach yeah. who just works with you on shooting. Like yeah. and these motherfuckers cost thousands of dollars, yeah. you yeah. know, um, annually. So yeah, having resources helps. I guess it, for me, I'm like, <laughs> go figure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I look at it and I go like, but if you, if you get really, really good at some point, I go like, okay, you have now, you are now, um, you're better than a Nepo baby. You're like, like yeah. Steph Curry. Is, I mean, yeah, you're still a Nepo baby. So it's it's, it's, it's not like a pejorative. It's just telling you like, yeah. all right, it's just the truth. Like, you know? Yeah. It's just the truth. And, yeah. and you know, it's different with. NBA basketball, and I'm not just saying this because this is a game that I love, industry that I cover, that I'm a part of, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, like, let's face it, anybody could work in Gossip Girl. Like, <laughs> yeah. realistically, yeah. like yeah. anybody could perform the task required yeah. to be an actor on that yeah. show. It's it's a little <laughs> bit different than being Steph Curry. No, you know right. what I mean? Like, exactly. It's just a little different. Yeah, no. Honestly, it's like I have more respect for Nepo baby uh, like athletes than I do uh, pretty much any because in any other field, like what you're a businessman because your right. dad's a businessman, right? Oh, you're so good at hedge funding. Yeah, right. Exactly. Because <laughs> right, your dad was such an expert right. hedge funder. <laughs> exactly. You know, it took hours and hours of practice every day after school to hedge fund at the right. top level. But it's like, come on. Yeah. So being that you're somebody who watched uh, mm-hmm. The Wire um, from the beginning and then mm-hmm. also from that, you know, that first that surface level that I think we all watched The Wire at when we first saw it. Um, how big of a, a shock was season two for you? Did you did you like season two? Did you dislike season two when you first watched it or did you and have you come around to it uh, now? So we've we all thought it sucked yep. in real time. We was like, "This is horrible. This yep. is boring. This is slow. Fact. Why is no sh- corners getting shot up with Uzis? What yeah, the where fuck are my is friends? happening? Where's the dope on the table? <laughs> yeah. Essentially, mm-hmm. which is a theme that comes up mm-hmm. on the show, which is quite meta, honestly. Yeah, totally. Um, but. Uh, yeah, when I got older, I was like, this is better than I thought, but I haven't come around to the hipster take where oh. it's like, well, actually, this is actually one of the best seasons. <laughs> like, no, no, I'm not that stupid. Yeah, I'm with you. But I, I, I recognize that they have to show, like, how across racial lines, mm-hmm. people are getting crushed in the working and poor classes, right, by yeah. our system. Um, and they're showing you, like, even the white people. Yeah. This is how you know it's bad, folks. Yeah, 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 <laughs> even yeah. the white people are getting screwed. And so yeah. I, th- I I recognize the importance of showing that that through line that, like, you know, this crosses a racial, gender, whatever, mm-hmm. divide. Everybody who's in this working poor class has been grounded into dust yeah and the show is like we're gonna show you how that happens and like granted like it's just not as compelling as the street shit yeah it's just not uh, i don't see how you can say that it is (laughs) but it's necessary and it's well done yeah yeah i feel i feel like if you watch the show enough and we've said this before on it but like it, it there comes a point at which you are um you stop being as interested in the kind of like the surface level, uh, the the violence, uh, the guns, the cops and robbers stuff, and you start getting into like 
the nitty gritty of like, okay, what's actually happening? And so it becomes, it goes from a show that's about like, how does you a know, container move across the docks and right, actually like, get to a warehouse? Yeah, it's uh, right. They get but also insanely granular with that shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it turns into like, um, like if you love a fantasy novel where you're just like, uh, well, you know, actually, um, the, the the elves are originally from uh, the uh, Undying Lands, and because they're from there, they do not die. But when Sauron came around, and then you you know become a nerd about it, except you're you're a nerd about like the docks, which is mm-hmm. um, uh, super lame. But at the same time, um, I I have found that. In my rewatch of season two, the one thing I'm really um, that's really sticking out to me is the parallels between a uh, like working class, working poor community and um, and you know their turn to crime as well as the like, you know, the projects turn to crime. And mm-hmm. uh, what I also enjoy about it is uh, is that it doesn't um, it doesn't do the thing where it's like, see class is all that matters race yeah. is just you know uh, a fake it's thing just because a construct it's just a construct <laughs> right as if there's no consequences to the construct right uh and you see that in this episode especially with ziggy who um is you know fucking up the package he got from cheese and immediately just starts throwing racial slurs around Jesus. Hey, what the fuck happened fucking just got me bought a fucking package didn't you didn't you from who White Mike? Some cheese up on Wolf and Ashley. A few ounces, you know? Why not White Mike? Fuck Mike. You know how he'd be. Why the fuck would I know how he'd be? Yeah, and, and Ziggy is so obviously the most incompetent person in the show. <laughs> yeah. Quite possibly in the show's history. Yeah. Like, and, worse and, than Bubbles. At least Bubbles yeah, yeah, yeah. knows oh how to tie God. a knot. Jesus Christ. Yeah, <laughs> Bubbles is a fucking longshoreman. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> um, but yeah, that that's, that is, that is again, like, Ziggy, even he has more chances than anybody. Because guess what? Your dad is at the top of the union, right? Like, he's not one of the workers who's dying and looking for work every single day. Like, you kind of have a safety net because of who your father is. Um, And, you know, the the working um, humps, the rank and file of the union, even though his dad is a boss, they recognize he's like, this is the boss's kid. He's a shithead. Everybody knows it. Everybody treats him that way. And the only person who doesn't is related to him by blood. Yeah. So, all right. So, which NBA player is Ziggy Sabatka? Whoa, Ziggy Sabatka. That is a. Oh my goodness! It's almost yeah. You 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 have to be careful. Comical incompetence. Yeah. Man, that's tough. I'm going Russell Westbrook. I mean, I feel like if you're in the NBA, it's kind of hard to be a Ziggy. Like it's 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 tough because like when you when you're as bad, you just don't get to play mm-hmm. anymore. Yeah. You know, like you just don't, even as a young guy, you know, because there's, um, what's his name? Killian Hayes on the Detroit Pistons. He's a young mm-hmm. guy. He came in, he was like a top 10 pick, and those kind of guys have to get some time to try to prove themselves. Right. But in the meantime, they're throwing up all over themselves, and just <laughs> it's just a mess, like just poop in the bed. It's just it's just <laughs> nasty. But eventually, he's just going to stop getting chances. Yeah. He's just, it's just, he might just be out of the league. He might have to get his passport and go to China, you know what yeah. I'm saying, um, yeah. to hoop. Hey, and, and so they, that's they why gotta, it's a little different. Yeah, there's money for basketball over there. 
Yeah. I feel like, you know, nothing wrong with playing in China. <laughs> I, I would love to go to China and play it. Although, I feel like I would get in trouble because I talk Mm-mm. a lot of shit. No chance. Uh, but this is not a podcast about talking shit on the CCP and Xi Jinping. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is a podcast about The Wire. And we, of course, cannot start the podcast without first playing the theme song. When you Pod. the garden, you got a bad. Pod. Podcast. If you Pod. With Jesus, he's gonna save the docks. You gotta keep the Polish. Pod. Down in the hole. Season two. All right, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone else today. Once again, we're talking about. From season two of The Wire, episode five, Undertow. Uh, this episode came out June 29th, 2003. Vince, can you read the synopsis? Uh, that is definitely straight from IMDb. Mm-hmm. Ziggy Sabatka deludes himself into believing it is White Boy Day in Baltimore. That's right. <laughs> that is the synopsis. And Vince, what was happening at the time that this episode came out that's right matt you know we're trying to uh evaluate some culture here and you cannot evaluate culture divorced from the context in which it was released and so we're going to put some of that context back in with a little something we like to call the back in the day machine it's a bad time for newspapers the news hole is shrinking as advertising dollars continue to decline there ain't no back in the day machine tells the tale son all right, we're going all the way back, as Matt said, to June 29th, 2003. A few of the things that were happening. Uh, Catherine Hepburn had just died at the age of 96. Oh, uh, shit. Yeah, RIP. Wow. All right. Uh, Six years. What a run. ESPN reported Catherine that, Hepburn is the one. Ah, yeah, she's, right? the, she's the shaky one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's Audrey the one that, Hepburn. She's the one with the tremolo bar. Right, right, yeah. right. <laughs> she's the one with the tremolo bar. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah, and uh, other news, ESPN reported that Kobe Bryant was planning to opt out of his Lakers contract at the end of the 2003-2004 season. Mm. He was 24 years old. Um, and then I just and got... And that's all that was going on in <laughs> yeah. 2003 regarding Kobe Bryant. Right. I know no other news. Uh, and Lance... we shall not talk about other news. Mm-mm. No, we never talk about it anymore. Lance Armstrong was uh, preparing for his... Fifth straight tour to France. Oh uh, hell yeah! Which I'm sure oh, I hope that goes we well. For that him. was legit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are, you know, a legit win that no one can dispute. Yeah. And I got a couple of uh, news stories to read for you. There were signs of the times. Um, this one is entitled "Hussein's Life in Photographs." Uh, as most presidents do, Iraq's Saddam Hussein had an official photographer who documented his life. In this case, his personal life as well as his public life. The recent retrieval of Hussein's home videos and photos, however, makes clear that he was not just any president. In one photo, Hussein (laughs) tenderly kisses an unhappy grandson named Ali. Ali's mother is Hussein's daughter, Ragdad. Ali's father, Hussein Kamal, was executed by the tender grandfather, Saddam Hussein. Oof. Uh, Well, I can see why the kid was unhappy when he kissed him. (laughs) (laughs) Another photo finds Hussein searching for truffles in the desert. 
If anyone could find truffles <laughs> in the desert, when they usually thrive more in wooded landscapes, it would be the all-powerful dictator. Uh, uh, you know he had people just throwing truffles in sand. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> no, he had one guy who was just his designated truffle pig who could only oink. <laughs> It was another relation that he tied yeah. his his grandnephew or something. <laughs> his grandnephew he had on a leash. Oh, fun! Where are the piggy? Where are the truffles, piggy? <laughs> Find the truffles. Uh, That's fun. The Hussein's fate remains a mystery. Thirty-six-year-old Ragdad has told a British newspaper that her father remains alive. He was, she said, a good father and a good grandfather. So we're at the point now, Saddam has not been caught, nope. but he is in He's hiding. He's presumed dead at this point. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Uh, another story. This one, real real slice of the times from the New York okay. Post. Uh, hey, pal, why Friendster.com is causing a frenzy. Oh, boy. <laughs> Would you like to be friends with a member of the Strokes? How about one of the stars of The Amazing Race? Mm-hmm. You can. Just log on to Friendster.com, a three-month-old website that currently has 730,000 members, according to 33-year-old founder Jonathan Abrams. He says that 20,000 of those are New Yorkers. Typically, when one person joins, they invite their friends to become members. Each member posts a profile, and other Friendsters can see who their friends are friends with and make new ones. However, you must send a formal request to someone you'd like to be friends with, and they may (laughs) decline or ignore your solicitation. God, this is written like that scene <laughs> in this episode close. where where Nikki is like asking him how Google works, yeah. where he's just like, "So you just, just type things type in and it tells in. you." So you just type that shit in there and ask it for an answer. It gives you answers, Zig. It, it just it, it just answers your questions, Zig. Hey, can you ask what happens after you die? <laughs> Does he know that? <laughs> Beneath your profile sits testimonials from your friends. It's like a yearbook, says 23-year-old elementary school teacher Elizabeth Goodman. But Lewitin thinks the testimonials are the worst part of Friendster because people complain that they're not heaped with enough praise. (laughs) They say, that's not good enough. Next thing, you're writing a testimonial that sounds like this person should be elected pope. (laughs) Lewitin also thinks there's a lot of one-upmanship on the site. People are competing to see how many people they have on their friends list, he says. Wow. At last count, Josh oh. so from the Amazing media Race has been the same since 2003. Like yeah, nothing, yeah. literally nothing has changed. Yeah. Nothing has changed. Well, it's the exact same thing. This part has changed. At last count, Josh from the Amazing Race had 26. Albert from the Strokes had six friends and no testimonials. <laughs> yeah, that is <laughs> th- that that is definitely different now. Uh, but yeah, no, it's it's the exact same thing. It's just uh, except for self-aggrandizement. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, performative I, competition shit. Yeah. Stupid shit. I love like proto clout chasing is very fun. Oh, here's it's the like, ca- It seems like everyone's trying to have more friends. Yeah. What's that about? <laughs> yeah. <And> it's like <laughs> wait twenty years. Here's that. Here's the kicker line. I don't know what the hell I'm doing sometimes, Lewitin says. I mean, do you really want to make friends with someone who spends all their time surfing Friendster? Wow. 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 I feel attacked. Yeah, yeah. This <laughs> like, is, you have to remember this is back in the day when a parasocial relationship was seen as a weird thing as opposed yeah. to 90% of my relationships now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, all of my friends are avatars on the internet. 2003, I think 
people were already on MySpace, if I'm not yeah. Yeah. mistaken. Yeah. MySpace had started, and when I was in high school, I remember a couple of girls were on this thing called Zanga. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 um, yeah. Which I never, I was like, I don't know what shit. I was like, no, you just like leave a note and you do this. Yeah, and I'm yeah. I'm just like, yeah, that don't sound like something I want to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember when everyone in high school got into live journal. Mm-hmm. And they were just like, oh, you, uh, do you have a live journal? I was like, no, I don't know what it's about. They're like, oh, it's so fun. Do it. And I never wound up doing it. And like fast forward like a month later, someone was like using live journal to just bully the shit out of someone. And I was like, oh, it seems like the Internet's bad. So <laughs> I don't think I will join live journal because it is for bullying. Um, and luckily, bullying stopped right there after I said that. Ended. Yeah gone gone forever yep so that's uh i think we're caught up i think we got all the cultural context we need that was the back in the day machine okay so that's what is happening at the Rest time in peace, saddam hussein i know yeah. r.i.p to a real one you R. got R. Catherine hepburn and then saddam what a blow it's tough it's tough, tough. it's a tough time in america for all of our friends um but yeah, uh, just real quick, uh, the Balmer B stories uh, in which I <laughs> do uh, a parody song of the synopsis of the episode. Um, I, I didn't have time. I have a baby now, guys, and uh, I had to uh, take care of my baby. But uh, at the end of the episode, you will hear this song. But for now, I will just read it for you. It is to the tune of Lose Yourself by Eminem, oh which boy. has just come Perfect. out. Um, his palms are sweaty, knees weak, arms are stringy, got Frogger on his corner already, punking Ziggy, he's angry, and Froggy don't have his money ready, he's fucked up, and Cheese won't be forgetting what he lent out, Cheese gang surrounds him now, he opens the car, but Ziggy won't come out, he slaps him around, says his jacket's worth two thou, they throw him down, steal Zig's Camaro, snap back to reality, oop, better ask Nikki for some cash money, he fucked up the package, Nikki can't lend him money, no, he don't have it. Uh, he don't have it. He knows his cousin's on the ropes. It don't matter. He's broke. He lives in his mom's home. His job's sad and he knows Spiros needs those chemicals that when he... All right. The, the, the rhythm's Boy, hard. I don't envy you having to do this for real. Shut up. <laughs> his job's sad and he knows Spiros needs those chemicals. That's when he talks to the Greek again, yo. They trust Nikki better. Go capture those cans and hope Zig don't fuck it up. And then there's the chorus. And uh, yeah, so that's... <laughs> Hey man, that that is pretty pretty damn good uh, to be telling the story of episode five, season two of The Wire, um, yeah. and the cadence of of Eminem. And he's, I feel it's he's a, relevant. He's a pro about this now. You know, he's, I, he's a, I he's take seasoned. it very seriously. I'm a seasoned synopsis he's a parody song. song veteran. I'm the Weird Al of The Wire and The Sopranos. Now. You are the, uh, the fucking. Weird Al. Uh, Tom, who's a famous veteran? I don't know. Uh, veteran? Yeah. Like, like Army a military. Veteran? You're like the George John w. Bush. <laughs> you're the John McCain of Weird Al's. All right. Yeah, that's what I was going for. <laughs> I like people who weren't captured. Uh-huh. All right. So, uh, moving on, let's talk about today's episode. Uh, today's episode is a lot of things are going on. Uh, Ziggy and Nikki are um, both dealing with poverty in very interesting ways. Dig- Ziggy is dealing drugs and gentrification is a big problem everywhere in Baltimore, as we're yep. finding out. 
Nikki is dealing uh, with trying to buy a house for him and his baby mama and little girl and finds out that, uh, you know, the, uh, the real estate market's on fire. Guys, so, I, sorry, like <laughs> most people, when they move out of their crib because they want to be able to, yeah. you know, spend some alone time with their woman, like they don't try to buy a house. Yeah. <laughs> They might yeah. try to rent a room with somebody else. Well, like, get roommates. He didn't have, he, he barely <laughs> knew how Google worked, so he clearly didn't have like Realtor.com or Redfin or no. fucking uh, the West other one. Westside Rentals. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. He's, he is, um, it, it's funny the amount of things that Nikki is clueless about uh, in, in this like season because, yeah, he doesn't know. He doesn't know how a digital camera works like two episodes ago. He's yeah. like, hey, this there's not even filming that. Well, he man. showed up to an open house because his aunt used to live there. Not, you know, right. like, I don't think he's super plugged into the real estate market in Baltimore. Yeah. He's, he stole a bunch of cameras and got $2,000 and was like, time to buy a house. And it's like, I just don't. I know yeah. that, you know, the inflation and stuff is a thing, but. He's, I don't think you can get it. cosplaying yeah. as grown man, and yes. uh, he doesn't know how to do it yet. Yeah, so he's having trouble, uh, you know, re dealing with his own poverty. And, uh, and yeah, so that's going on with that storyline. Um, Meanwhile, then, uh, yeah. Ziggy's out there filming the pilot episode to Euphoria on uh, one of the corners. <laughs> oh, She's got oh, no a fucking ashtray out there and uh, whatever <laughs> yeah, that and uh, mumbly dude's name is. <laughs> Yeah, man. Yeah, Ziggy is um, introducing us for the very first time. Um, the uh, like the white side of the street in Baltimore mm -hmm. that uh, deals drugs, and it is an incredible sight to behold because you're just like, uh, you know, I like half of me looks at you know like hood white kids like that on tv and i'm just like god that's so embarrassing um, <laughs> but then at the same time i'm like but you know that that's that's a thing you oh, know yeah. what i mean well, like uh, it's not even that i know like these are kids that i went to high school with yeah right like, right <laughs> in in new york city like if you if you've ever met you know what they call outer borough scum um <laughs> The, the ethnic whites, if you will, of places yeah. like, you know, Howard Beach or mm -hmm. Bensonhurst, Brooklyn. Like, these guys... First, Here's the funny thing. Here's the best thing about those dudes. Mm -hmm. Not only do they refer to black people pejoratively as nigga, mm -hmm. they call each other yeah. Yeah. niggas. Yeah. It is... Well, it's, then other people used to have a... It's a mind fuck. Other yeah, people had really a term is. for them, and I don't know what, like, the term the non-offensive term for them anymore Wigger? Is. yeah like yeah. what's the non-offensive version of that um so okay so like amongst people in my like the non of like if you're trying to say it in a way that isn't pejorative mm -hmm. you will refer to somebody as a white mic Mm. Oh, okay. um, well, in the sense that, that every every black person knows a white guy, especially in New York, a white guy named Mike who's yeah. like really into hip hop, <laughs> dates black chicks, blah blah blah, and like his nickname is White Mike. So, yeah. I, yeah. so like the good version of that is like somebody who's like 
not self-consciously into underground hip-hop right. and like really into the culture in a way that isn't self-conscious. Right. It's like the cool sort of harmless version of it. And then there's like, you know, these Italian kids from places like Bayside Queens <laughs> who were just like fake tough and mm -hmm. again, like literally calling each other the N-word. Yeah. Like, it's, nigga, stop. Yeah, bro, nigga, stop, bro. It, stop being a fucking idiot, bro. <laughs> <laughs> What's crazy about it to me is like, I think about um, like, yeah, some of the, the people that I knew uh, uh, growing up who, I know that they, as soon as they went to school with, you know, it was like LA public schools, right? So you had like kids from across the socioeconomic spectrum, some of which who were like poor white kids who mm -hmm. would grow up in the hood and then they would talk in that way. And I would, I would never catch them slipping. I would never catch them, you know, uh, like code switching. Uh, mm -hmm. And so I was like, I think that's just how they talk. Like, I, <laughs> like, like, I don't know. Like, because part of me wants to go. Like, come oh, on, no. man. Is, well, no. you're, you're putting on a thing, right? And they'd be, mm -hmm. and they would be like, No, what you talking about? I'd be like, Okay, all right, all right. <laughs> I don't know. It's like I feel like for me, I'm like, Well, who am I to tell someone how they should talk? <laughs> no, but but Matt, but guess what? It happens in the reverse for me. Like, mm -hmm. if I meet a black person who, you know, is from an affluent background or whatever and really didn't grow up around working class black people at yeah. all, yeah. the way they talk, I'm really going to be like, bro, come on, you're doing this, <laughs> you're taking this Wayne Brady shit too far, bro. Like, they're, they're not around right now. Like, yeah, you can yeah, really, yeah. like, here. let it go. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah, so, yeah. yeah, it's a thing for sure. It, it is a thing, and, I mean, I feel like... Froggy, the character of Froggy uh, in this episode is fantastic. Because He's not acting. I don't think that's acting. No, not Does at all. Every there's no way somebody could act that well. That's what I'm saying. That's exactly right. I, there's, I think, because like with The Wire, they were uh, casting a lot of like real Baltimore people mm -hmm. in the show. And I look at Froggy and I'm like, that's a real Baltimore white boy like there's yeah. no way that the this is it's so, too good between this it's, and euphoria like my question is like does every like white uh drug dealer have like a eight-year-old that just like sort of hangs out with them and is his <laughs> his like silent hype man like every 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 like white drug dealer has has their has own a little, uh, a has like a teller hopper. like yeah. they're, the, they're the pen I mean I guess they're both kind of tellers because those guys are like super inarticulate but uh yeah <laughs> And you know, and the, the the reason how I know this guy is not acting is because mm -hmm. like the good sort of, and I'm saying good like with heavy mm -hmm. air quotes here, version of doing this in the actor way, yeah, is Jamie Kennedy Malibu's Most Wanted, right? Right. right. It's like he's he's con he's very conscious, right, of what he's doing, right, yeah. and how ridiculous. The notion might be, you know, um, yeah. but like that's not this. No, at it's, all. it's dead serious. And I, yeah. I really love the scene where uh, Carve and um, Kima are like they're staking out uh, that corner and you you kind of just you hear <laughs> you hear Froggy <laughs> just talking. Uh, I have a I have a, a clip of that. Nigga, you want to time up for some damn crib trying to play out for the business? Say, y'all just here fucked up because I'm out here getting done what needs done. Feel me, nigga? <laughs> Even motherfuckers take everything, don't they? 
I see. I kind of like the way he plays it in the scene with Ziggy, where he just doesn't. Ziggy's like talking shit to him, and he just doesn't say anything. Oh, that's that's a fantastic scene, and that that is our that is our opening scene of this episode. You see. Ziggy has once again put a package on the street, and um, <laughs> despite you know Nikki telling him not to, um, and uh, immediately the first thing that happens is we see that uh, it's going to get fucked up for him. Um, I have a, a clip of that. God damn it, frog! When you work a G pack for a guy, a kickback's supposed to be five hundred. Stash guy, hit yo. I ain't hearing that shit. I want my fucking money. You best know I ain't playing, motherfucker. Okay, that's how you want it. Fine, but when I roll back past here tomorrow, money's gonna be right. Are you gonna see? You gonna see who you fucking with? I look like a fucking punk. A few moments later. She's taking it easy. I'm working on it. But my people, you know. What the fuck you think this is, huh, man? What, what, what? Oh, oh, oh. You think this supposed to get played some other way? <laughs> Embarrassing. Just so tough. The, I feel huh. like the open question is, is Frog lying about the package getting hit or is he just yeah. fucking over Ziggy because he, I mean, or yeah, He's is he telling the truth Ziggy. or is he just fucking over Ziggy because he knows that Ziggy He's doesn't have any lying. muscle? He's just lying. Like he understands that Ziggy is like a pure white bread yeah. who is not of this world and right. would have no idea how to figure anything out. Because yeah. he's not of it, you know, um, and, he, and he understands and he no that he muscle. is. Yeah, he's got no. What is he gonna do? Like literally, what is Ziggy gonna do about it? That's kind of like the whole thing with Ziggy. Ziggy forgets that like a big. You part know, he should have done. He should have shot. He just walked in there and shot that little kid. Yeah, no, I mean, hey, that would have been. <laughs> well, that then people would be like, <laughs> people would yeah. be like, oh shit, I don't, I don't well, know what like, this wow, guy's capable for real. Of. Yeah, <laughs> no, but like. Ziggy forgets that like one of the like most important parts of being a gangster is being a part of a gang. Like <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, yeah. you need other crucial aspect. <laughs> it's a crucial aspect. You need it, there's, other a, guys. there's a group of people who yeah. are willing yeah. to dole out violence. Yeah. Step yes. one, yeah. have a friend. He's willing to project the right. threat of violence credibly yeah that's what's most important it needs to be a credible threat yeah uh, there's no no threat that ziggy can lobby can be seen as credible yeah because he can't even in his attempt to talk tough it sounds like he is just like he he got like a uh a drug dealer slang translation you know fucking like dictionary and was just like you know you money better be right or are you gonna see you gonna see who you fucking with? It's like, bruh. <laughs> yeah, it's like if if Siri was reading that dialogue for sure. Yeah. Well, it's exactly it's, right. it's weird. So Ziggy's a weird character because like I'm with you, was I like I I, I appreciate this season, but I I, I I can see why people don't like it as much, and I think there oh, yeah. are and and I think a big part of that is Ziggy and Nikki. Like I don't. I don't think they're great actors necessarily, but it's also hard with Ziggy because it's like, he's supposed to be playing a guy who's not a good actor too. Uh, right. like, yeah. like, like this is supposed to be him putting on a not convincing performance. So he's like, he's sort of this like blue collar dude, theater kid hybrid, which is a, yeah. like a, an, again, I said it on like the first episode of season two, like he's sort of a unicorn. Like we're not, we don't know this character, so like we don't really have any frame of reference for who the fuck this guy is because he's sort of this 
confusing he's combination. He's not a normal archetype. No, he's, like, he's a confusing combination of things. Uh, and, uh, and and later, I think they, they sort of... He makes a little sense later when Frank Sabatka... Uh, does this weird like fucking 12 angry men monologue to the cops yeah. and the cops are all like what the fuck who, who are you performing for <laughs> like you see where he gets his theatricality a little bit yeah i i i love that scene by the way i i think that frank sabatka yelling at me might be my kink we and, took and, down union busting yeah, Ronnie. Yeah, exactly. And I actually yeah, yeah. weirdly we lived through tricky Dick Nixon. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, why am I feeling feelings right yeah. now? <laughs> I actually do know this like archetype a little bit. Like I feel like I did grow up around some people who, you know, didn't like grow up in a place where like theater was acceptable thing to do for their like demographic, <laughs> right. but they're very like theatrical in like a weird blue collar way. And you're like, oh yeah, sh- oh shit, like. That dude, that dude should have been an actor. What the fuck? Right. Yeah. No, that's He's a like good half performer. Yeah. That's half of like Italian gangsters. Half of Italian yeah. gangsters just want to be actors. Yeah. <laughs> they, and and but they, you know, it's it's not seen as like a, a masculine tough thing. So they and, just and, uh, a, and a big part of what you what you're saying, um, Vince, is which is true is just like. Ziggy's an attention whore. Yeah. yeah. And like that's part of being a theater kid is that yeah. you yeah. always want to be the center of attention. You always want everybody to be looking at you. Look at me and my dances mm-hmm. and yeah. my all of this. And, you know, he's always performing down to like taking pictures of his dick. Yeah, and down to just all like those showing off of his dick whenever he can. Well, because like he didn't he doesn't have the thing that like makes you cool in his uh, in his demographic. Like he's not like a big He's not a big oaf who's good at sports, which would make you yeah, like right. the cool guy in that. Uh, at what point do we talk about Ziggy's dick? And that's what I was gonna say. Like <laughs> he doesn't like he, but but then but he knows he has this thing that should make him cool. But like, there's no way. Like people don't just know you for having a big dick unless you like pull it out and wave it at them. Okay, so that's that's what I was saying. Like we're meant to 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 be impressed by the size of Ziggy's dick, yeah. right? Yeah, because yeah, I was. I, yeah, oh yeah, yeah no, hundred percent. No, oh, 100%. no I, like the amount of times, like I remember early in the season when they showed it, I was like, I, you know, I really would like to see a full body. Because so far, I'm looking at kind of like a half hard <laughs> yeah. windsock thing, and that, anyone's dick can look big. And like again, that. like if you if he was a jock, like when you're a jock, you know which guy on the team has a huge dick because you're right, in the because shower you're sucking, together. You're sucking it. Yeah, in the shower. you're sucking it. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know which one. It's a big dick because it's like your mouth starts watering and stuff. But like, <laughs> no, no, but yeah, but, but like has, he does. But he's not yeah. a sports guy. Like he's like a little weasel yeah. shithead. So like he has to pull it out. Like he, yeah, he he could not start like a word of no, mouth. And nobody camping. would believe him if he right. didn't. Yeah, right. Exactly. Because he doesn't look like he should have one, which is he's what not makes exactly his... Pete Davidson. You no, know? exactly. <laughs> And and it's you know when we finally do see the close up of it, uh, in, you know last episode he uh, put a picture of his dick on on uh, one of his co-workers, ah, com- ah. Uh, yeah, uh, on his computer, and uh, and we finally got to see it. And I was like, oh yeah, no, that's yeah, wow. <laughs> okay. um, but yeah, Ziggy's got a big dick, but he's got a little brain, and yeah. it's unfortunate. And uh, and then so <laughs> it's unfortunate. It is, unfo- you know, it's like uh, you know. That's too bad yeah it's too bad because it's like he 
if he was born in the wrong time is the problem. Mm. He's, you know, and he was, I don't think he's a complete idiot. Is no. that he doesn't understand what his strengths are? Right. Yeah. Well, yes. he he was cursed to grow up in an age before OnlyFans. Like he could have. Yes. He yeah. didn't. He didn't so, need to deal drugs. He could have just slang that hog online. And he would have gotten all of the, not just the money, but he would have gotten all the attention that he wanted. Mm -hmm. The problem is, is, you know, like every time he pulls his dick out, everyone's like, no, 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 no. (laughs) And it sucks because he has to just grow up being like, I guess I'm going to be a negative attention guy because no one wants to see this. And it's all I have to offer. Um, And he wants to be cool. He wants to be, you know, he wants to be a, a kingpin and he's just not. So... Uh, he tells Nikki uh, at the bar that, you know, uh, you know, Cheese is going to kill him. So this is the first time we see Cheese. Cheese, of course, played by Method Man. Um, Has and... to be the best actor in Wu-Tang, right? Oh, yeah. Well, he's better than RZA for sure. Yeah. Um, RZA's the only other person I've seen. Well, Red Man. Wait, no. Well, Red Man's, Man... but Red Man's not in Wu-Tang. He's not in Wu-Tang. No, he uh, just, him and... Method Man started a group after Method Man started his solo career. So he right, went solo, right, right. then started a group with yeah. Red Man. So I've never seen Old Dirty Bastard act, but I feel like he could have crushed it. Oh my it God. Too. I feel it's, like you never you know. know. Some people ODB, are characters and it's hard ODB to translate is, it. He's to the Ziggy fiction. of the Wu Tang clan. <laughs> <laughs> he's sure. that unicorn where you're just like, man, this guy is everywhere. So different. Uh, yeah, um, but yeah, I I I'm kind of torn on like Method Man's um, performance. Uh, I feel like he is probably the best actor in Wu Tang Clan, but in terms of like uh, on this show, I do feel like he's. Uh, it feels like he's forcing it like yeah, a, li- yeah, a it, little. Yeah, yeah. It, it was his first. I think it was his first acting role. Yeah. And- you know, this he's surrounded by a lot of talented guys, right? Yeah. Like the um dude prop Joe in real life is an acting coach. Mm-hmm. Acting coach, that's right. You know, yeah. um and other people like Avon, um Yeah. And um um what's his name? Uh what's, what's uh, Wood Harris? Wood and, Harris, yeah, yeah, sorry. Um these guys are like really good actors, right? Yeah. And so I think he might have been a little intimidated. For but sure. now, like he's he's much better at it now. But yeah, the cheese character, he's one of the few wire people who borderline on cartoonish yes. villainy and just like it's just like, all right. Yeah. Most characters in their evil are way more understated, like Rawls, for 100%. instance. You know, who is Pure, just middle management nightmare. Yes. Right? But the way he plays it is so much more understated and and expert. Yeah. Um, Jesus is not meant to be like smart or a good gangster. Like he's sort of small time. He's the guy who's like, you're burning a car, a perfectly good car. Yeah, I know. Well, he was the only guy that was willing to sell drugs to Ziggy, which is like, Already well, says he something. didn't even sell it. He fronted him right. drugs, which yeah. is which probably. Is, and then, but then yeah. you wonder if, like, because you know, people in the mob will do shit like that all the time, right? Yeah. Like they will front somebody a gambling debt, knowing that they could just milk them and milk them and milk right. them yeah. and milk them. You wonder if Cheese was smart or predatory enough to know that this guy's an idiot's gonna fuck up the pack, and I right. could just keep getting shit from him, except for the fact that he burns a car. Yeah, that that to me, that, you burn that, like, money. <laughs> yeah. In the scene where like Nikki shows up to uh talk with Cheese and you know like try to like 
basically parlay with him about like here's how we can work this out um for for uh, ziggy's sake it's it's almost like he mentions it's such a weird scene for me because number one um they burn the car they had just burned the car the car is still on fire when that scene happens which says to me that like well that's perfect timing on nikki on or like bad time on nikki's part but also like did he not himself think oh yeah that's right i could have sold that car shit like sold the car stripped it for parts if he like you know reported it's so stolen like you know maybe you couldn't get you know the deed of sale and the title from from ziggy all right cool yeah sell the parts yeah like what the fuck bubbles could have used some of that metal man to buy some (laughs) crack yeah i know (laughs) i know it's like as the show goes on more and more you realize like the probably the greatest businessman entrepreneur on the show is bubbles because he's the one who's like i can turn anything Thing into money. enough money for heroin. Bubbles knows yeah. how to tie uh, sailors' knots. Yeah. I know it's very impressive. <laughs> uh, it is. It is great. Uh, speaking of uh, being really good at turning money into heroin, uh, we have to take a quick break. So please buy these products and services. Uh, and uh, you know, the more you do, the more money we have for drugs. So stick around. We will be right back. Hey everyone, Matt Lieb here with an annoying mid-roll ad that I'm going to be playing until March 17th. Why March 17th, you ask? Well, (laughs) because I'm going to be co-headlining the Sacramento Punchline on Sunday, March 17th at 7 p.m. with my wife, Francesca Fiorentini. I would love it if you all bought your tickets to it. It's going to be really fun. Um, You helped us sell out uh, when we co-headlined the San Francisco Punchline, and now I'm asking for you to do it again. That's right. If you're in the Sacramento area or somewhere nearby... Um, come to the Sacramento Punchline Sunday, March 17th, 7 p.m. It's going to be so much fun. I'm going to be there. Francesca's going to be there. Uh, someone else is going to open for us. I don't know who, but someone probably pretty funny. You're going to have a great time, and you can get your tickets right now by either clicking the link uh, that's in the show notes or going to punchlinesack.com and uh, buying your tickets. Do it. And if you can't go... Hey, maybe you have friends who are in the area and, you you know, you can tell them like, hey, you like comedy. Come see this guy who does a podcast and his wife who also does a podcast. It'll be great. So, yes, please come. Sacramento Punchline, March 17th. That's a Sunday at 7 p.m. Come, enjoy, laugh, love. All right. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And we're back. Okay. So can we can we get into bubbles on the docks yet? Yes, let's do it. We're ready. We're ready so, to talk about uh, McNulty's McNulty's whole uh, arc in this I li- episode. I, so I like this scene because it begins with Bubbles uh, scoping out a barbecue, uh, mm-hmm. and also that leads into uh, McNulty's partner in the Marine unit, yeah, who comes yeah, out yeah. and in like one line just delivers the most bone chilling Baltimore accent that I think I've ever heard like i rewound yes. that so many times i was like oh my god like i always just i'm trying to wrap my ears around that fucked up accent uh, yes. Matt, I, I made you get a clip of this so tell yeah, me yeah so um that first before where i play the clip we have to we finally get to use our baltimore accent segment sting that uh we have never been able to do but now we are ready for it so baltimore accents say this phrase out loud earn earn and earn earn Aaron, earn, and iron, earn. Damn, what the fuck? You really talk like that? Earn, 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 earn. Balmerisms. All right, so. Earn. <laughs> Balmerisms, uh, episode 205. And granted, I'm not like, like I'm not familiar enough with the uh, like the Mid Atlantic Waterman's accent to like differentiate between this and like the Delco accent from Mayor of Easttown. Sounds right, basically yeah. the same to me, but. Uh, it's pretty fucked up. Yeah. Did you guys watch We Own This City? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I mean, Burnthal's I know. Baltimore is just it's he, it's on another level. Yeah. I, I no, it's I like it. Yeah. I continue to be impressed by John Burnthal's ability to like do ethnic white accents. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so I watched I was watching Wolf of Wall Street literally on Saturday. Yeah. And he's doing a New York accent. And yeah. it's credible. Yeah, yeah. And people kind of sometimes dial it up too much because they watch totally. My Cousin Vinny too many times. <laughs> but Burnthal is like right there on the level that he's yeah. supposed to be. I was just watching for the first time a show called The Bear. Um, oh, so and, good. And, yeah. My I, girl I was, just finally started watching that yesterday. She fell asleep, though. Well, you know, hey, I've listened. At some point, you realize that uh, you got to have your own shows and that yeah. uh, some shows yeah, yeah, you yeah, can't. Yeah. 
you can't share. Listen, don't I know? Uh, here's a here's a slight <laughs> background on John Bernthal. This is all off Wikipedia, so I'm not uh, fact checking any of any of it, but it's pretty mm-hmm. great. Bernthal grew up in Cabin John, Maryland. He attended Sidwell Friends School, graduating in 1985. Oh shit! Uh, after high school, he studied at Skidmore College in Saratoga Springs, New York. Uh, but dropped out on the advice of his acting teacher, Alma Becker. He joined the Moscow Art Theater School in Russia. During Holy his time fuck. there, he was a catcher for a Russian professional baseball team. So, what the fuck? no way, no way. There's no fucking way. But then again, Russia's not known for baseball, so it's probably like that's true. That's yeah. true. You know, um, like the the twenty American defectors and John Bernthal. Yeah, that's the whole. That, that's it, the whole it's, league. It's a big league. Julian Assange, uh, Ed Snowden. <laughs> uh, um, but it, here, here's that clip of that accent for you. I raised him on the radio. He's on his way in right now. Appreciate that, officer. Right now. Right now. Right now. On. On right now. <laughs> just, right now. Just it's the on pronounced right. like A-W-N or something. That, yeah. There's like, it's impressive. Right yeah. now. Every O sound right. has like six extra syllables in it somehow. Yeah. It's, it is. Uh, it, I mean, that to me, I'm like, that's a natural. Another Baltimore guy who was cast. It's like yeah. that's some dude who yeah. used to like copy edit for like the Baltimore Sun or some or shit. Or a that, cop, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. Like, oh, right. Uh, yeah. Or Just an actual cop. cop. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, but like uh, there are as the show goes on, there's more and more characters who I'm like, oh, Baltimore does have a distinct accent, and uh, and y- that's when you really are like, what is everyone on the show doing who's like what what is dominic west doing he's, his accent is so trash that you're just like oh well he's hot so it's all good um but yeah john bernthal also yeah yes. on the bear uh, by the way he did this... a perfect uh chicago accent and i was like fuck this guy can do he everything. can do anything so yeah. yes you, you guys are correct it turns out the character was played by jeffrey fugget an actual baltimore marine cop of course fugget yep Two Fuck tears it. and a bug it. <laughs> Fuck it. Fuck it. Um, yeah. So uh, in this uh, arc, we find Jimmy McNulty on the boat um, and uh, trying to get he's been trying to get in touch with Omar so that Omar can testify uh, against Bird. Um, and Bubbles has helped him out to, you know, get him get him in contact. So he gives him a phone number. Um, and uh, uh once we see Omar again, what I love about like just this little bit of Omar that we get um, is they go clothing shopping for court clothes. Um, and I'm like, oh, fuck, I want a whole series of this. This is actually the show. <laughs> this is a show I want to watch. I want to watch McNulty and Omar just go shopping. And like, because like Omar, he has some fashion sense yeah, i mean he is uh, a gay man like he's not yeah. like he, he, he probably couldn't he knows his way around a men's clothing store let's be honest i feel like as uh, not just he's like a gay man and he's a black man and just like for him he's like no style actually means something to me jimmy so i'm not just gonna wear anything i'm not just gonna wear anything that you want like jimmy's like just yeah you know wear a suit and he's like fuck off <laughs> um but yeah i think i could watch them go clothing shopping all day i also appreciate that uh the character the other characters in the wire are basically like reacting to omar the way we are reacting to omar at this yeah. point where mm-hmm. they're just like i just i like this guy i need to see more of him yeah 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 everyone is just like as impressed with omar as the audience is <laughs> you're like wow this guy's really got a quite a story um 
But then uh, uh, McNulty's arc uh, in this episode takes a turn as we go back to him and his hunt for the name slash the peoples of the Jane Doe who we found in the water. Because he's made it his mission to find out um, this woman's name and inform inform her people that she's dead um, because he needs something to do this season. I mean, this season, he's not even in the detail. Like, you like the, the detail is doing all this work and he's just kind of walking around being like, I need a reason to live that isn't sailing on a boat. So he goes over to uh, the federal building and he goes in right in time to see uh, a monumentous event for anyone who uh, remembers this. Uh, the INS mm -hmm. placard is taken down <laughs> and replaced with the Department of Homeland Security slash ICE logo. So this was the beginning of ICE. So yeah. I, I, for me, it always blows my mind a little bit when I remember that like ICE was just something that was created during the war on terror. Yeah, to make it look like we were doing stuff. Right. And uh, and it was just replacing one like set of they, initials they with another. They pulled a stringer bell. Yeah, they realized that exactly their fucking package got fucked that up. That symmetry, yep. And uh, and they were like, all right, well, we gotta we gotta we gotta put a new plaque back yeah, there. Yeah, change the name. Pull a Worldcon slash MCI on it. And then yeah. someone came in, like Bodhi came in. And he's like, all right, what if we had Homeland Security and ICE? And yeah, then yeah. when one and fucks up, they can blame the other. Like, yeah, perfect. It's so funny because I just like it's like when abolish ice was a thing that people would say. I remember uh, always the counter argument to that was just like, oh, yeah, yeah, well, let's just abolish ice. And I was like, yeah, we could do that. Ice was made up in <laughs> yeah, my yeah. lifetime. <laughs> it's not a thing. It's not. Yeah, it's it's a completely you, made you were up. Alive this is when a it sham to, to, this is a sham to balloon government budgets. That's it. Yeah, yeah. The government, law enforcement budgets. That's it. Uh, they'll do anything to <laughs> like, make a new, uh, just a new uh, oh, group of dudes with guns who can go anybody around. Anybody who's done any kind of reading on the shit the FBI was doing, where they were just inventing terrorists out of whole oh, yeah. cloth. Like dudes that were just like shop workers and was just like, what if I got you a bomb? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> like dudes that were just minding their business, who then otherwise would, you do with would not have found this shit. Then like, what would you do with that? I don't know. It's crazy. What, what are you, man. a pussy? Yeah, I mean, exactly. I would bomb the president. Oh, oh. <laughs> jail for twenty. Very interesting. Yeah. Scribble, 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 scribble. It was so when the uh, you know that whole like uh, Michigander plot against uh, the governor. Which one? Uh, uh, the the one that happened recently with the what's her name the governor of Michigan Whitman um, Whitman is it Whitman yeah Walt uh, Whitman yeah Walt know. Whitman yeah. oh yeah uh, we're Walt Whitman the governor right yeah um uh the, I was just reading this article recently where it was just like yeah that uh that entire like plot to kidnap her was like ninety percent informants and it was <laughs> it was all just people who worked for the FBI and like two guys who were like Riding I don't know I'm just hanging out with my friends yeah. uh, so if you want to know what government uh uses their law enforcement money for it's that um but yeah uh he shows up and he talks to some undocumented uh girls in new jersey to see if he can find the name of the girl and of course he can't but uh vince you brought up a great point which is that they uh pulled a stringer stringer bell here so mm -hmm. let's talk about that whole storyline uh stringer is dealing with a couple of things number one he is dealing with the fact that D'Angelo is um, 
completely bucking. Uh, He's straying from the flock. Yep. Yes. And uh, and, and I like is I like that his uh, that, that Donette his his baby mama is trying to bring him back in the fold, and uh, they have the, that scene like through the glass, um, mm-hmm. and it just reminded me like Donette reminded me of like the 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 like the person who's who just like started at a tech company and like mm-hmm. believes all the founders uh, <laughs> fucking bullshit where she's like ooh unlimited the world D unlimited PTO so neato and yeah. <laughs> And Dee's just like, you know, they do that to make you work harder, stupid. Like, yeah, that's it's not, like, it's not a real no, thing. They're not going to let you use D, it. Dee, I'm telling you, you get free headphones. <laughs> yeah. We got a bar yeah. in the back and you can drink yeah. beer while you code. <laughs> I sit on a beanbag chair. Yeah. Um, we don't even yeah. have cubicles. We just look at each other. It's an it's like open a floor plan. Uh, but yeah, no, like. Donette is trying to convince uh, Dee to just, I mean, she's essentially just like, hey, uh, be nice because. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, she's, she's you know, she's, she's already sucking the dick of one, like literally sucking yeah. the dick of one of the bosses. And she's yeah. like, Dee, it doesn't taste that bad. Trust right? me. I've got, a, yeah. I've got a great apartment. I've got yeah. a new car. Yeah. Like my kid's getting some pretty sick clothing. Um, yeah. Like it's great. Like it's not the worst. I it's wish not you could that horrible. smell this dick. It is so clean. Yeah, it is nice. Uh, And, you know, yeah, she's like half of it is her being digmatized, but the other half of it is like her being like, this is a good deal that I've got because she's, you know, she's, yeah, she's she's working out great. It's it's working out great. The father of her child is in prison. Yeah. So he cannot provide for her and her young child. Mm-hmm. And the organization has stepped into that void. Yeah, multiple voids. The num- exactly, <laughs> via the number two. Yeah. You know, Stringer Bell, who is just, he's so sinister. Yeah, yeah. Stringer, so freaking sinister. Stringer is definitely, he's been kind he's of. The guy, he, he's the guy who's also been f- seduced by like the tech founder. Oh, myth. totally. So oh he's my like God. going yes. from being a gangster to being like a wannabe fucking wannabe CEO of WorldCom, which is great because it really only serves to make him worse at his job, but it gives him yes. like this uh, level of confidence about it. Dude, yes. And so- Stringer is another person who on rewatch is not very well served. Like uh, yeah. when you first watch the show, it's like, oh, he's the cool, calm, and collected one. He's yeah. like the savvy one. He's yeah, like he's the, smart. He's he, the he smart one. Like he's realistically. When you really pay attention to what they're doing, it's just like, no, he's not smarter than any everybody. And no. he is a freaking snake. And he yeah. isn't like some great business guy. Like it's kind of ill rewatching yeah. it, seeing how Stringer cause like when I first watched it, I thought Stringer was the shit. Yeah, mm-hmm. same. And it was same. like, oh my God, how could you kill off Stringer? Spoiler he's so alert smart for people who are following cool. along right now. Yeah. Yeah. And then on rewatch, it's like this guy sucks. No, he's <laughs> like a he's like a real life businessman, which is that he's exactly. like he's really good at projecting like an air of confidence and like convincing people that he knows shit but he doesn't actually know anything like he's not right any more competent like, he's much less competent than avon yes and he's you know what subtle means <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, yeah exactly yeah yeah have you ever heard of the word subtle yeah. yeah and the guy's like laid Bro. back and shit Bro, the most con like yes. Watch it. I was like, bro, has anybody ever been more condescending than this fucking prick? <laughs> and then when he, uh, and then when he actually like is like, I was subtle with that. He turns on the TV. Like, he sees he pulled I was it all real off. subtle, kid. Like yeah. killed it. And, and, and Stringer is just like, I have a midterm to study for. <laughs> <laughs> 
you, dude. Well, because like adding to all of those things that are adding up, uh, that are like combining in his character, he, like he's also the smug college freshman to some extent. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, yeah, he's yes. Taking, he's philosophy you know, one hundred and one. Yeah. And now mm-hmm. he's figured out the meaning of the universe. Yes. Yeah. And, and and he's doing the thing that we pointed out uh, in season one that uh, he's he's done before, which is he does the um, home improvement thing, where uh, where Tim Allen talks to his neighbor Wilson and then gets some <laughs> advice, and then he 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 fucks it up in trying to trying to like rehash that advice and trying to restate it. Uh, so I, I have a, a clip of of that. What are the options when you got an inferior product? Well, if you have a large share of the market, you buy up the competition. And if you don't? Reduce price to increase market share. As your prices drop, your product eventually loses consumer credibility. The new CEO of WorldCom was faced with this very problem. The company was linked to one of the largest fraud cases in history. So he proposed to change the name. Exactly. Y'all heard of WorldCom? This Just, is great because I feel like uh, of all the people that you could take business advice from, I, I feel like an econ professor is pro- like a community college econ professor is probably one of the worst <laughs> humans on yeah. earth to take uh, legitimate business advice from. Right. I mean, it's like. I get I get his thinking there where he's just like I've got a business problem and you are so good at business yeah. that you're teaching it. You which are is like, a bishop mm. in the church of dollars. And in the in the sickest saddest irony is that if he would have just come to the troops and been like we need to put our heads together to come up with a solution for our problem right. this world that we are actually experts in yeah. collectively they probably could have come up with. They would have come up with the exact yeah. same thing. Yeah, yeah. He talked to his professor for no reason. They, yes. Nothing. Nothing was gained there other than him being like, "I can compare this to WorldCom yeah, no, MCI." He, he, he taught him metaphors, basically. Yeah, and um, and yeah, Stringer, uh, you know, has that brainstorm that I I just think is fucking fantastic. I have a clip of that. All right, Death Grip a shit. And change up the name. What else? Yo, I got it. Change the caps from red to blue, right? Make it look like we got some fresh shit, boo. And you know what else we might could do? Give each tower its own name, right? And then we do like some some fake competing. So a fiend gets some bad shit from one, he go back to the other. And there's a thinking man right there. See, nigga, ain't that what the fuck I just (laughs) said? He's doing the Socratic method in a fucking funeral parlor. It's great. Yeah. Oh man, and I I love the uh, Bodie's you know suggestion to do some fake competing causes a real competition. <laughs> oh, he's like that is what I just said. It's like, well, it's not exactly what you just said, but <laughs> that's just what brainstorming is, man. Come on. Uh, but yeah, so that is that is their plan. Their plan is to um, change the color of the caps and give it other names, and uh, we'll see how that works in in later episodes. Um, and then also just with regards to what happens, uh, with D, um, Stringer and Avon have this conversation, uh, at the end of his arc where he's basically, it sounds like Avon is kind of suggesting that like, Hey, whatever happens, I tried. You're working it out with D. Boy, gotta find his own way. 
I'm saying, you know, I think we should keep reaching out to this kid, get something to him and his girl, I don't know, show him that we got a plan. Take some real estate, put it in D's name. He got something to come home to. Do it. Thing is, thing, what happened, happened, you know what I mean? Push come to shop. I mean, I've been fair to him, ain't I? You've been fair. Too fair. Which, to me, sounds a lot like Avon is saying, hey, if we have to, like, kill my nephew. Yes, that's exactly But I'm not sure. I, I, I read it as... He's no, he's no longer under my protection. Whatever right. that means. Yeah. Like whatever happens to this kid, no longer is my problem. Yeah, I think I think that's right. I think that's that's. And string being string, and you might say, well, he knows how string is, mm-hmm. and so to say that he basically all but begged him to do it. Yeah, but, but I don't I think, think he's would... supposed to no. be ambiguous. It's like yeah. he's just saying like, if a nigga kill him in this prison. Yeah. Cause he wanna be a Muslim or whatever the fuck he wanna do now. <laughs> that's his problem. Yeah, yeah, I think I think you're right. And I don't I'm still think, eating bacon. You feel I, me? I, yeah. <laughs> I don't think that Avon would um ever think that um Stringer has the balls to mm. kill his own nephew. You know, uh, like to, I think I think in in telling him that, I think you're hundred percent what uh, like that that is him saying like Whatever happens to him, he's no longer under my protection. I did the best I could, right? That's all. I'm out of of it. Yeah, yeah. Something the older I get, the happier I am to do with things. To be like, I'm I'm trying. I did it. Hey, yeah. yeah. I did my part. No, (laughs) that's true. You know, like growing up up is giving up on people. (laughs) Yeah, no, seriously. Like I showed up to a um a baby shower on time, and they started Mm. it late, and I was like. I got here on time. Yeah, I'm yeah. still gonna leave at the exactly. time that I meant to leave. Exactly. I was here on time. My Thomas. side of the street is it clean. Is clean. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So now let's get into uh the this is the the final arc of the episode. Uh, the detail. So mm. we're getting the band. I mean, it's the main arc. It's we're getting the band back together. Yeah. We got the band yeah, back yeah. together, and we're starting a super group. Because now Bunk is on. It. Now Bunk yeah. is on the team. We're doing. We got the it. fucking traveling Wilburys. Uh, Freeman's on the team. Yeah. Yes. Well, Freeman yeah, was it, already on the team. Bunk was not, not on the team well, before. Well, right, but yeah, that's right. So they it goes, took Freeman and it was like Bunk. You gotta be on the cases by yourself, and then Bunk because Bunk is the Bunk. He's yeah. like, I'm. I, I can't do this alone. Yeah. I, yeah. I, yeah. I, I need help. Sorry. So which is we got to point out that this starts yeah. with uh, you know this starts with the the conversation between Daniels. And Carver in the office, which is a great scene, but I do have to quibble with one point. Like, so basically, you know, uh, they're doing a lot of expository, like heavy lifting. Uh, Daniels is explaining, like, why would I put you on this team when I know that you fucked me the last time? Blah, blah, blah. blah. Why take a man who already burned you once? Now, why would I do that? I have no fucking clue, Lieutenant. Because... He might be the last son of a bitch to try it twice. It, do, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. You should only put people who fucked you on your team. Like, yeah. that doesn't... Well, now that you yeah. fucked me once, logic, I know you're not You should gonna... only have people that fucked you on your team. Because <laughs> yeah. yeah. they can't possibly do it again. Like, yeah. it's, just, it's yeah. fucked up logic. But the, the, yeah. Yeah. Fool me twice. You wouldn't dare. <laughs> right. <laughs> but then the, the scene ends with uh, Carver saying, 
Same as it ever was. And I'm like, hold the fuck on. Carver oh, is quoting the fucking talking heads now in the scene. Like, that feels it's... like a very David <laughs> Simonism. That's like even mm. worse than all the cops singing a fucking Pogue song uh, right. in the McNulty funeral scene. I'm like, this is even more of a stretch than that, I feel like. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, at first, when you brought this up, I was like, well, same of, as it ever was. It's not wasn't invented by the talking heads. But is but, David Simon a super talking heads fiend? I would Probably. not be surprised. Yeah, is that like a big boomer band? I don't know a lot about the talking heads. I think we didn't if, listen yeah. to that in um, Hollis Queens where I, I grew up. But yeah, yeah. I think if no, you're cool, I think if you're a Gen X intellectual, that talking heads is a fucking oh shit, big okay. touchstone for you. Yes. Yeah. Word. No. No, totally. And uh, I, you know, the fact that, yeah, you're right. That that definitely was like, that was David Simon being like, <laughs> talking heads, man. And I know <laughs> this because like, I feel like I'm of the generation that was like, when we were getting into music, we were like, okay, what is the, what do the Gen Xers tell us is cool? And one of the right. things they told us was cool was like the talking heads. Was talking heads. heads. Yeah. Got you. Yeah. But other than that, um, uh, I thought the scene was perfect, and I love the ending of the scene um, in which he reveals to uh, Kima and to Herc that he's he's in. He's in the detail, uh, and uh, I, I have a clip of that. Well, come in. Hey, sweet bitch. Oh, oh. Ah. oh, don't be grabbing my dick, man. <laughs> I... <laughs> <laughs> that's a relic that's a relic from 2003 20, man yes 100% i just the the fact that the that herc is like he's so overcome with joy to be back with his boy carve that he's just like now i'm going gra- to gra- i'm going to spear dick. him and then grab his dick <laughs> Dude. You know the way friends that, do. Jock's, That's how men show affection. Jock's it gonna is. jock, man. I, Jock's gonna jock. 100%. I, I spent my entire like first two years of college like walking down the hallway like with my nuts covered like walking yeah, yeah, sideways because yeah, it was just that like was you know if you the, saw the a friend tap was yeah, yeah if you saw a friend in the hall you were gonna nut hit tap. each other in the nuts because nut dudes tap. rock Come like. On. Dudes rock. That's how we say hi. It's how we show love. Uh, you know, nowadays everybody's got therapy and crying. But back when I was a kid, we would punch each other violently in the private parts. We didn't we talk were about happy. Our, our trauma we on live journal. We didn't have to take a, a serotonin reuptake, whatever it called. No, we just hit ourselves more in the dick. Um, so yeah, uh, the detail is we're getting all all the band together, and um, you know uh, we get to see Freeman being reassigned to this detail, um, and I I love this for multiple reasons. Number one, I love it because um, I love that Prez. Prez Belusky thinks that Freeman is a wizard because <laughs> yeah, yeah. when he shows up uh, to the uh, you know to the detail. You know, they all they know is like Valchek wants Sabatka to be in trouble. That's all they know. Yeah. Um, so they just have Frank Sabatka's picture on a fucking cork board and they're like, uh, let's do something about this. And of course, what we <laughs> have, they just that- have like a, a room and then they have one fucking random longshoreman and they're just like, well, 
this is yeah. our target. We got this random ass dude. Uh, <laughs> and any ideas? Yeah. <laughs> just like, oh, uh, kill him. No, no, we can't do that. <laughs> um, but yeah, then uh, uh, Lester Freeman shows up and um, and he knows who he is immediately. And I, I have that uh, clip. Cool, Lester Smooth. Hey, oh, what's that? <laughs> same fuck-ups and the same shit detail working at the same shit house kind of office. You people lack for personal growth, you know that? It's a temporary poster. Rolls get you back at the end of the run. If he wants me. Last I looked, I was high on a shit list. Oh, then we did you a favor. I wouldn't go that far. But fuck it. Who we chasing? Frank Sabatka? How fucking good is he? <laughs> just press is so impressed with him he's like he know everybody name <laughs> <laughs> i tell you he's smartest man in all of baltimore like <laughs> for, i love Prez so much he's 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 just he's grown on me as like this guy who's uh yeah you know he's he's a violent piece of shit when he has a gun but when he's behind a desk you know he's, he's like he's He's a person. He's in his element. He's in his element. He's a, you know, he's a, he's a dumb cop whiz, which is perfect. Um, and also the second reason I love that is because this is the fifth episode of the second season. And this is the first time that Freeman uh, and like, you know, uh, that whole, the 12 dead ladies in the can thing and the detail, the whole like Valchek wants to get Sabatka. This is the first time they've ever connected that. Which mm -hmm. means that not only do like police departments and whatnot like don't communicate, but like friends who are cops don't communicate yeah. either. Like the fact that that this is the first time they are putting these pieces together is like, what the fuck? This mm -hmm. is. I figured they knew this already, and that and, this and the show is that's 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 the sort of overall message 100%. of the show is. The dysfunction of this institution. Yeah. Um, how they the the roundabout way that they even luck into this investigation, which ends up being a major yeah fucking Huge. investigation. Um, it's just it's just by hap it's dumb luck. It's dumb luck, as they it's say, two Polacks pissing on each other's legs. <laughs> yes, yes. Right? It's complete and utter dumb luck. It's not the system working. No. It's 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 it just shows you the dysfunction of it. And I thought, you know, the dopest line in the episode, um, was when they were like, "Yo, we don't even know what we're investigating him for." Um, it could be drugs. It could be anything. And Herc's dumbass says, is there any other type of crime in yeah. this city? Like, he can't even fathom yeah. that any other crime exists be yes. be besides drug war bullshit. Yeah. And we know, you know, because of the Greeks and the scope of their operations. And the that 12 it's, dead girls. Bruh, like yeah. that it's way bigger than your fucking heroin yes. buying bus, right? Yeah. Ripping runs. Like, it's so much bigger than that. But that that line just mm -hmm. smacked me in the face watching this episode. Yeah. Before I talk to you guys, I'm just like, yo, this show is so fucking good, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it is. It is incredible. Like the 
the narrowness of and all the cops have like different like na they all have different like narrow worldviews on like what crime is important and what isn't but like herc is like that pure like oh he's a pure cop he's a pure <laughs> cop like street cop beat yeah. cop who's yeah. just like Oh, the only crime that exists is when uh, black people or white people sometimes, I gotta <laughs> give us credit, sell drugs. And it's like, well, That's what about it. like selling people? That's it. Like, no, no. But, no. But again, in the system that he's been reared in. Mm hmm. That's what you think. Yeah. The only thing that matters is, you know, of course, to solve you're solving murders, but most of the murders are tied to this drug trade. Yeah. So the the drugs become the central focus of everything. It gets it takes up all of the oxygen. Mm -hmm. So if you're a cop, there is no other crime besides right. drug crimes. Yeah, that's, that's how it. the war on drugs literally like ruined any kind of law enforcement that we had. Of course, uh, the, the, you know it's just like, it, like if you thought that like police have always been bad. Oh, true, of course. But do you know how much worse they've gotten since their drug war? They've gotten so much worse to the point where like. There is not another type of policing that exists. The yeah. only other type of policing is like federal policing that just frames Muslims for like being near a mosque. Like that's that's the only other kind of policing that exists. Uh, so and then occasionally, you know, you get a, a white collar uh, criminal, but that person has to literally steal a trillion dollars in order for anyone to be like too far made off. <laughs> um, but yeah, so. Uh, just to round out this uh, arc, um, they finally do uh, get Bunk in after uh, they try and fail. Bunk and Beatty try and fail multiple times to uh, grand jury Sabatka, and uh, and no one talks at the docks. You want us to dance with a grand jury? We will. What do you say? Any question? I take the fifth commandment. And if they offer you immunity to testify against your union brothers? I don't remember. Don't remember what? Nothing. You want to throw your summonses? Throw them. You want to subpoena our records? Shit, you don't even need a subpoena no more. Our books have been open to the Justice Department for eight years. We're here through Bobby Kennedy, Tricky Dick Nixon, Ronnie the Union Buster Reagan, and half a dozen other sons of bitches. We'll be here through your weak bullshit, no problem. It just makes me yearn for a job with that kind of union support. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where, <laughs> yeah, like, the that solidarity, kind of like, yeah. Oh, that's cool, man. I, I, <laughs> I wish I cared about an employer. In that, or, or more so, I wish yeah. an employer cared about me. Listen, when I was much. younger um, and I was taking classes at, at Brooklyn College, I was working at UPS um, part-time mm. and I yeah. was in the Teamsters Union even as a part-timer and I swear to God, at least once every three weeks, our shop steward would come where, where I worked was called a sword owl and he would just start yelling at our supervisor. Yeah, just just as a show of force. I love just like, yeah. Fuck this guy. I love he it. He can't tell us what to do. He's not the boss of us. Fuck this Ugh. dude. We have a union contract. This is our work. We get it done how we get it done. It like it's in our contract that we do it how we think it's safe to do it. And this guy could go suck a dick. Basically, oh, he that's... would come up to the freaking sword aisle once every three weeks just to berate our supervisor. <laughs> That's, just to be right management so amazing, and, it's, and it's just to show the guys like yo these people can't fuck with us yeah you know what i mean like they they, they cannot just treat us any type of way you know 
I love that. So what you're saying rings true to me. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, and I think that in general, you know, I've said this before, but like The Wire is a show about hating your boss. And yes. It's, oh, my and, God. Yes. And, and it's like beautiful to see, you know, this union, even though it's like it's tragic to see that it's all going it's downhill. It's falling apart. Yeah. And and you're, you're seeing more and more uh, how you know the show is about how the bosses have all the power and they're going to continue gaining the power and they are ruining every industry and yeah. uh it's uh you know just getting to see frank sabatka yelling at the cops and and them having no recourse even though yeah i want justice for those girls of course of i course. do but you know but i as someone who is not a part of a union just yearning for that oh I'm yeah like, oh, oh that rules man um yeah, so then uh, Bunk goes over to uh, Daniels and is like, hey, um, can we join forces? And what I love about that scene is Daniels is like, no. <laughs> he's like, like he's, I'm, I'm just here to like, we're going to do like a couple of low-level arrests and then I get to be a, like a major. Yeah, I learned, like, my I learned my lesson trying to it, solve it, actual cases. Like, that's not bruh, what we're here to do. It's so dope. The again, the way this is portrayed, because Daniels is a good boss. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. a good. He's one of the good ones. Yeah, you know. And like, but even Dave's is like, I know how this system works. Right. Yeah. yeah. Helping you is only going to take me down. It's, I can already see this. Yes. Like, stop. A hundred percent. It just shows that, like, yeah, like doing the right thing <laughs> and being a good boss. <laughs> Do not necessarily meet in the Almost middle sometimes, every job, bro. you have a choice between, uh, you know, keeping your job and doing what the actual job is supposed to be. Right. Uh, and usually they're very different. Yeah. 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 And, it, it, you know, sometimes you're like, no, I'm going to find a way to do what the job <laughs> is supposed to be and keep my job. And it's like, even if you figure that out, all that work was for nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like it's a thankless task. And I think Daniels at this point has learned how thankless a, a task it is and that the risk of like having 13 dead Jane Doe's, you know, uh, still such as life. Yeah. Like having that uh, on him is not worth it. But we'll see if he takes on those cases as we go on. He does allow Bunk to use their their base and share information so we'll see what happens um and yeah that's that's the episode um do we have anything we missed uh, I did a have favorite a, scene I did have a, a favorite. favorite scene i did have like a joke that was so understated that uh i missed it the first time um which was valchek gets uh a, a polaroid and finds out that his surveillance van is in san diego and uh and and when kima comes in to try and get a surveillance van for the detail he, he goes yeah the van's on loan to the southwest and it's like yeah, yeah. You know, san diego and he's like, oh yeah. i get it now oh i didn't get that southwest that is very funny yeah i loved it because uh right Matt, after we that, need a little valchek i feel like uh, hey, it's me, Frank the Bot. Uh, gonna, we gotta fuck Frank the Bot in the ass. Yeah. Oh, I got the van on lock. <laughs> He's got the perfect voice to just uh, to be like the voice of a Looney Tunes weasel. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's a Looney Tunes rat. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, 
But they're like, uh, what I, I love about this right after that, because he's like fingerprinting the fucking Polaroid. <laughs> and then right after he's like, uh, oh, yeah, it's on Lonely Southwest. Um, he uh, he just goes, fuck with my ass, will you? <laughs> like, doing the most police work that he's probably ever done. Yeah, that he's ever done. Fuck with my ass, will you? Fuck my ass, fuck my ass, fuck my ass, fuck my ass, fuck my ass. All right. Um, well, if I had to uh, give this episode a letter grade, and I do, um, I would say solid B+. Plus. Vince, what would you give this episode if you had to give it a letter grade? I mean, a lot of times we do this as a bit, but genuinely, I think this is a solid B plus of an episode. Okay. Yeah. All right. And uh, Waz, if you had to give this episode a letter grade, what would you give it? I'd give it, by wire standards, I'd give it a, a B. But, like, it comes close to the B plus with the, like, the... There's like four bunk fat jokes at bunks at expense where I'm just like, where he's like, where Sabatka's talking about how you type in the, yeah. the machine to put the, the containers in. He's like, but yeah. if you have fat fingers and bunk makes the face, like, watch yeah. it. He's like, no offense. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I give it a B, solid B, because I, I got high. You high know, standards, standards for yeah. the, High for standards. The All right, so a little round also, that out. Also, it's a season two episode. I mean, like, how, how high can it really get to? You it know? can only be a B plus. So solid B plus episode of The Wire and a solid A plus episode of Pod Yourself, The Wire. Big Waz, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and talking The Wire with us. Of course, man. Anytime, fellas. It was a pleasure. Absolutely. Where can people find you? Um, at Big Waz on Instagram, uh, ringer.com uh, for all of my NBA work. And I even do some pop culture stuff for, for the company, too. And then um, if you're into politics at all, um, download Woke Bros wherever you get politics. I mean, wherever you get podcasts. Me yeah. and my brother Nando Vila, we do that show. It drops every single Thursday Hell morning. Yeah. Um, the, the name Woke Bros is meant to be ironic, but nobody <laughs> ever gets that. But whatever. <laughs> um, go listen to the, to the podcast. Check out the podcast and check out everything that Big Waz does over at The Ringer. Once again, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, Patreon.com slash broadcast. $8 tier gets you a shout out. Um, uh, Vince, we have a few shout outs. Oh, shit. Uh, all, right, all right. Are you ready? This, you get a shout out. You get a, a, a street name. Here we go. We have one, two, three, four, five. First Ooh. is Kevin Day. Day. Oh, we call this guy M. Night Shyamalan. What? Why? Oh, M. Day Shyamalan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You worked hard on that one. All right. Next is Robbie Kreider. We call this guy Matt's mom because he's a sea writer. Wow. You yeah. bitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. I'll take it. Eh, eh. Friends of Friends of Next is... <laughs> David Hernandez. Oh, yeah. We call this guy. Uh, we call this guy Mets because, you know, Keith Hernandez. I'm all going to be winners. But, uh, so. Yeah. All right. David Hernandez, Mets. That's good. Uh, all right. Two more. Uh, Stephen or Stefan Harrington. I think it's Stefan, right? Stefan? Mm hmm. Yeah. I didn't know there was a third one. Yeah, we call this guy Stephen Wolf. Oh my God, that's really good. <laughs> is it? Is it? Like, yeah. Okay. See, sometimes I, like, I like mail it in and you hate it, and then other times no, I mail it in and you're like, great. "Oh, that's good." All right, and last is Nicholas O'Sullivan. Oh man, that feels uh, 
feels redundant. Like we already like you're Sullivan, but you're you're O Sullivan. Like how much more Irish do you need to, how much you need to be? We call this totally. guy the Mick. All right, the Mick. Those are your eight. God damn, I put gum in again at the wrong time. Mm. <laughs> yeah, you did. I mean, it's always the wrong time. Those are your $8 shout-out patrons of the week. Once again, uh, go to patreon.com slash broadcast. Sign up for the $8 tier. You will get yourself a street name. And once again, if you haven't gotten one in a while, and I know for a fact that one of you months ago emailed me about this, and I cannot find the email, so I don't know who you are, (laughs) um, please email us again and let us know uh, that you haven't gotten the name. Uh, Broadcast at gmail.com. For all your questions, comments, and concerns, Vince, what is the Google Voice number? 415-275-0030. We need to do a mailbag episode soon. Oh, we will. All those voicemails, yeah. We got to get to the voicemails. Yeah. Uh, Thank you again. You can also just email us a voice memo if you prefer at uh, fraughtcast at gmail.com. Right, yeah. So questions, comments, concerns, and voice memos. Mm -hmm. Uh, But also... 415-275-0030 for the Google Voice. All right, everybody. Thanks again so much for listening. And until next time, if you come at the king, you best not miss. I ended Irishly. Look, if you had one shot or like three shots, multiple shots to sell drugs in Baltimore, and not fuck up the package. Could you do it? Cause Ziggy Sabaka cannot. His palms are sweaty, knees weak, dong is heavy. Got Froggy on his corner already. Pumpkin Ziggy, he's angry, and Froggy still don't have his money ready. He fucked up, and cheese won't be forgetting what he lent out. His whole gang surrounds him now. They open the car, but Ziggy won't come out. Slap him around, he says his jackets were too thou. They throw him around, and they still is coming around. Snap back to reality, ooh, better Nicky for some cash money, he fucked up the package, Nicky can't lend him money, no, he don't have it, he knows his cousin's on the ropes, it don't matter, he's broke, Nick lives in his mom's home, his job's Saturday, knows Spiros needs those chemicals, that's when he talks to the Greek again, yo, they do trust Nicky, better go capture those cans and hope he's talking himself into thinking that he is a kingpin, it's clear he'll never ever grow up, he's had more than one shot, do not fuck a package up, this opportunity comes right as are taking up my ding and they put my <laughs> take it in the butt make me lick cum and put it in my ass put it on my dick and make me sing songs about a slick rick once upon a time not long ago when i used to put my dick inside other dicks and yo i'm mad L.A. Matt, I flippy flat flap in the cap with the drap and everyone's sucking on dicks in the fix and everyone's getting their clicks with my dicks. Sucky, sucky, fuck. Ugh. Okay, okay. Yeah, mmm. Eminem, Fleminem. Okay, let's do this. Mmm, course time. That's an awful hot coffee pot. Can you sing a song or not? Will you sock my cock and make me flock like the birds that fly in the sky? Bitch, sucky fuck fuck. <laughs> and this shit. Uh, put it in the dick. Mm-hmm.
Pfeiffer. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I could stop. I will stop. I'm gonna stop. Will I stop? Will I stop or not? You can't make me stop. And everyone knows that movies are flops. And everyone wears socks. And the cats are cops. And everyone knows that dogs also cops. And McGuffin, McGuff, was Bruff McGuff, make a dark bark bark and other stuff. I'm looking at books, so many to read. Most are written by crooks. Crooks write books, books and hooks. The hook of the book is Brooklyn, Brooklyn Finn. Fade it. You know what? I'm gonna fade it out myself. I I have that power. <laughs> Anyways, see you next week. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.